Welcome to GrocerCast, a production of the Wisconsin Grocers Association. I'm Brandon Scholes, president of the Wisconsin Grocers Association, and I thank you for joining us today. This program is a member benefit for WGA's retail, warehouse, and allied members. GrocerCast is produced to provide WGA members with insight into different components of the grocery industry, including the industry, consumer, industry trends, category insight, and more. In addition to the industry program with Rich Wise and Brad Miller of Valley Cooperative Association, we'll feature a member profile in the second half of the show with Tim and Kevin Metcalf, fourth generation owners and operators of three century stores. Metcalf's marketed in two Madison locations and Wauwatosa. GrocerCast is produced by the WGA's marketing coordinator, Brittany Knudsen. Today, we're joined by Rich Wise and Brad Miller of Valley Cooperative Association. Gentlemen, thanks for being with us today. The WGA's GrocerCast is sponsored by Bernatello's Pizza. Hi, everyone. It's Mats and Matt from Bernatello's Foods. I wanted to take a moment and say thanks for your support of our pizza brands and for your partnership over the years with us at Bernatello's. Your commitment to our brands has been a true testament to who you are and to the company you represent. And for that, we're certainly grateful. Now, with that being said, we want to make sure that you're aware of a few new additions to our lineup. We're offering a cauliflower crust and sweet potato crust in our Bellateria line, along with a hearty artisan crust in our brew pub line. For more information on our pizzas, go to bernatellos.com. Rich Wise, CEO, and Brad Miller, Director of Sales for Valley Cooperative Association. Many thanks for joining us today. Valley Cooperative Association has been a great supporter of the WGA and grocers here in Wisconsin for many, many years. And Rich and then Brad, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this. Well, thanks, Brandon. We appreciate you having us today. Uh, it's truly our pleasure. Um, I've been with the cooperative for 27 years. I actually came directly out of University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, and I really wanted a purchasing role when I started into the business which in fact, that's what happened. I was a buyer for the company for many years and really worked my way up in the business to now my current position of CEO. And uh, I guess I will go, Brandon. Thank you. This is Brad. Uh, I have just been with Valley for going on uh, over two years now. I spent the first half of my career in the packaging industry. Um, I was a sales, uh, sales management, general management for a packaging uh, national organization and moved around the country for many years before I meeting Rich uh, probably nearly three years ago and gained uh, a lot of uh, respect and admiration for what Valley and Rich were doing. And my career took me here a couple of years ago and happy to be here now on board with Rich and team. Valley Cooperative Association has been a strong supporter of the WGA. You guys have been great in hosting WGA board meetings, the Foundation's Leadership Institute coming up, food safety training as well as serving on our foundation board. Uh, and you were a huge supporter uh, last year during our big COVID mask project. So Rich, tell us a little bit about the Valley Cooperative Association. How did it start and how has it changed over the years? So the cooperative started as a bakery distribution cooperative back in 1949. Back then, basically you had to, uh, if you wanted to be a member of the cooperative, uh, sign up, pay $500 one time to be a part of the organization, and, and then share in the profits at the end of each year. And basically how it's changed over time is one thing that stayed the same is it's still $500 to be a part of the cooperative today. There are some things that you have to do to be a member um, and not everybody is a member. Some people are buying from us and just choose not to be that member owner of the business. 
Um, we've changed over time uh, by adding different product lines and different services uh, only to enhance what we do for the members today. So we do a lot of storage. We do a lot of transportation, not only with our assets, but also with other people's assets and, and really haul stuff all over the country through our freight brokerage company. We've also kind of morphed into other departments of the grocery stores as well. So not only in the bakery, we're in um, packaging, we're in the deli departments, uh, all kinds of different departments. It's really whatever the members are asking us to do, we want to fill the need. The last piece that we've added, the last component we've added to the business is the brewery side of things, where we're actually uh, selling malts and extracts, um, flavorings, those types of things to local breweries all over the state of Wisconsin to help them make the great products we enjoy. Brad, every company has had to make changes to its business models to deal with COVID from last year and into this year. Talk to us a little bit about what Valley Cooperative Association has done and how is it evident kind of in your business and relationship with your grocer customers this year? Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I think Valley has remained present in front of our customers and grocers uh, the entire process of COVID. Uh, it's affected us all in different ways and the grocers uh, got, got slammed uh, through the entire process, never being able to shut their doors and being on the front lines. But through that, we, we listen to their needs and concerns and continue to shift our support as needed to help them get through those challenging uh, days, day to day, um, as things continue to arise. You know, Valley has always taken a con consultive approach to our business and, and helping our members and customers. But I felt we, we rose up and uh, consulted even more on products and programs that could help our operators free up a labor and keep product on their shelves. And uh, working with our vendor partners uh, to offer trending solutions on changing consumer trends within the grocery industry and the fresh departments. Just continue to keep up with that to keep uh, their stores full of product. And uh, I, I just think it's been a year of, of hard work and fun at, at times, if you can call any of that uh, dealing with COVID fun. But I think just uh, building these stronger relationships and, and helping see our grocers succeed and, and get through these tough times, it's, it's been... Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, great relationship building. We're talking with Rich Wise, the CEO, and Brad Miller, Director of Sales for Valley Cooperative Association. Brad, following up on some of your comments, talk a little, talk to us a little bit more about some of the key programs that you have for grocers and grocery stores and, and how they support what our retail members, grocers are doing uh, in their stores with their customers. You know, it's, it's all about how you reach out to them to make things work. Right. Yeah. Valley um, continues to, to just put forth programs that can help them sell more products. So on the, on the food side, whether it's bakery, deli, we, we've continued to bring solutions to them that are more consumer friendly, um, whether it comes in prepackaged, that they're not, even, that they're not uh, baking or preparing in their kitchens to make it more, uh, you know, uh, from the consumer standpoint, uh, safe. But uh, we, we have at, at Valley as well, uh, hired a, uh, a business development specialist focused 100% on packaging and sanit sanitation programs. And Corey Van Eppern has uh, been a great uh, uh, person on the street with and for our uh, sales team and our members. Uh, he's been bringing forth a lot of programs such as a tamper evident packaging that has, has remained growing a trend in the, in the industry for years, but 
with the past uh, year plus, uh, tamper evident uh, solutions have continued to gain more, more ground. So we brought much more of that into all of the perishable departments within the store. Uh, so the consumers have uh, more comfort in what they're buying that has not been tampered or touched. Uh, again, the grab and go uh, on packaging solutions for the self-service uh, cold and hot cases that have been shut down during COVID. You know, we helped uh, bring a lot of solutions to uh, our partners that uh, could package the, the product, put it in their, their uh, closed down, you know, uh, salad bar uh, area or their uh, donut cases that um, they could not have uh, people, you know, they were shut down. So nice solutions to keep product moving through some of those areas that were valuable real estate. And on the sanitation side of things, what, what Corey's bringing to our membership and, and our customers is, is helping them just see that uh, they can they can simplify their solutions. Um, too often these stores are, are over carrying too many uh, sanitizers or, or different degreasers, chemicals in their back rooms, cluttering up space and, and uh, valuable space. So he's really helped consolidate our program to bring uh, our members uh, solutions to, you know, limit their products from maybe 10 to five, being able to clean all of the, everything they, they continue to do. Again, keep their store sanitized, safe, and uh, uh, from, from the, the risks of, of COVID uh, spread or just the day-to-day -day cleanliness of the store. So I think our operators, uh, members have really uh, found value in what Corey's bringing to the, the street as far as, the, just overbuying chemicals uh, and uh, helping streamline solutions to uh, keep the store clean and safe. You know, as you guys look forward now into the rest of 2021 and, and kind of beyond, uh, Rich, maybe you could share your thoughts with us on how you see your business continue to be an important part of the grocery store and of the grocery business, as well as understanding customer, customer demand and, and some product trends. Well, as, as we continue here, uh, Brandon, the most important things we can do for the grocers in general here are increasing our product portfolio. Really, we want to be a one-stop shop, you know, and that's not going to come overnight, but we understand that we're really good at buying product, storing product, picking it, putting it on trucks and bringing it to the stores in a fashion that really is very helpful to the grocers. Uh, we had to stop our process of putting product away and rotating it when we go into to our individual grocers departments uh, during COVID, but that will be ramping back up here in June, and hopefully that will be labor savings to them as well. As labor continues to be an issue, and I know there's a lot of uh, corrective factors that you're pushing in Madison right now, which we frankly really appreciate, the stores need help on the items that they typically would make from a scratch or a mix type product fashion, we wanna change that and, and get to more of a thaw and sell or a fully finished type product. Um, same quality that you can get uh, right out of a box. Um, although it's not necessarily for everybody, um, it's getting product on their shelves when needed. Uh, and that's the difference between having labor or not having labor. We still need our grocers to be selling product in the stores. Uh, things like base-iced cakes, you know, taking it one step further instead of baking it from a mix, having it ready to go so that your artists in your bakery departments can actually finish them to whatever the customer may want. Muffin pucks, again, not from a mix. They're frozen. They're ready to go. You pop them in the oven and they're ready in just a little short time. Pre-fried donuts, finished, fully finished donuts. 
just some of the things that can help. And especially the new really cool things that are coming out are all natural shelf extenders for breads and buns and rolls and all kinds of things to really give you a little bit extended shelf life. The customers, they don't see that extension um, in the end user or in the product, but it allows you to maybe bake off longer runs so you're not having to worry about, um, you know, your labor or somebody not showing up. You know, one of the things about Valley Cooperative Association is that it uh, in some ways mirrors what uh, its customers, grocery stores and others do in terms of giving back to their communities and being involved in charitable projects. Talk to us a little bit, Rich, about some of the things that uh, Valley Cooperative Association has been involved with on supporting communities in some of your charitable efforts. Brandon, our charitable events are really near and dear to our heart. Uh, we do a lot with the United Way. Um, not only employees take money out of their own payroll checks, but we also match anything that the employees are doing. There's a lot of need in the uh, really the Fox Valley area today, northeast Wisconsin, and really all over Wisconsin for things like diapers and, and just health care needs that people just can't get today. So the United Way does an exceptional job at making our communities better. Feeding America is another one that's near and dear to our heart. We did a $25,000 donation to Feeding America this year. Um, really, it's in conjunction with the We Need Help With The Dishes program. But Feeding America was just essential to us when it came to the Farmers to Families Food Box program. We needed their services, and really, they needed ours. It was a great marriage uh, at the time that we did it. And we really look forward to working with Feeding America even more so in the years to come. Rich and Brad, many thanks for joining us today. So thank you, Brandon, and thanks to the WGA. Uh, just want to talk a little bit about what you do for our communities, not only for grocers in general, but for us as a distributor. Um, we could not have done uh, anything different with the vaccinations without your support. Um, we were eliminated from phase 1B when the vaccination uh, order was given by the state. And you helped um, not only us, but many others in the state to get put into phase 1B, which helped us get more vaccines into our employees faster. So thank you for that. Purchasing masks during the pandemic. Yes, we did some hauling of those masks, but really that was you guys that actually came to the forefront and made that happen and purchasing masks from China and having those available for the grocers throughout the state. You are our voice in Madison. We appreciate everything you do for us. I'm sure the grocers feel the same, but again, we could not do this stuff without the voice that you have and the connections you have with Madison today. And uh, please keep up the fight. Um, I think our next fight is on the uh, unemployment monies that are being given on top of regular unemployment. And it's really hurting the labor side of things right now. And, and we just appreciate you uh, coming and, and fighting on our behalf to try and uh, get that eliminated so that we can try and get some more employees into all of our uh, centers. So thank you again. You guys are wonderful for all of us. And we just appreciate everything you do for us. Rich Wise and Brad Miller, thank you again for joining us on the WGA's GrocerCast. Many thanks for your kind words. We appreciate that. You've been a great partner. Ah yes, Matzah Mad here once again for Brewpub Lots and Matzah Pizza, reminding you that with temps going up, 
and the urge to turn your oven on in your house going down, grilling brew pub lots and lots of pizzas becomes a very attractive and delicious option. Hey, fire up your grill, cook your brew pub pizza on indirect heat until the cheese is nice and crispy and bubbly light brown, then sit back, relax, and enjoy the sheer goodness of a brew pub lots and lots of pizza loaded with over half a pound of award-winning Wisconsin mozzarella cheese. Brew pub lots and lots of pizzas, the ingredients for a great time. Welcome back to GrocerCast. Many thanks to Rich Wise and Brad Miller of Valley Bakers Cooperative Association. And thanks to our partner, Bernatellos, for their support of the WGA's GrocerCast. Our grocer guests today are Tim and Kevin Metcalf, fourth generation owners of Metcalf's Market, located in Madison in two stores, and then in Wauwatosa as well. The Metcalf's has been a long-time member of the WGA back to the days of uh, your dad guys when Tom was here and now for many years the both of you who have served uh, either on the WGA board or at our foundation um, Kevin now is on the WGA's board of directors so first of all thank you uh, both uh, Tim and Kevin for all that you've done uh, to support the WGA um, as you've been running the stores so let me start off and, and welcome the two of you uh, for joining us today and to kick it off, if I could have each one of you just take a minute, tell us a little bit about your background and how and how you got into the grocery business. business. So Tim and then Kevin. Well, great, Brandon. Great to talk to you. Um, yeah, I've been in the grocery business uh, from the earliest years. Uh, I think I was 13 when I started and I, I've done every job in the grocery store uh, with the exception of cutting meat. Uh, and uh, I've been on the night shift, I've done stocking, uh, and then I took a, a, some time out to go to school and, and then also to work outside of the business for about 10 years and then coming back. So all told, I think I've been with Metcalfs now 35 years. Uh, like you said, we're a fourth generation grocer uh, and, and I just love it. I love the business, I love our customers, I love I love the employees that we work with. Good afternoon, Brandon, and yeah, thank you for uh, letting us participate in this. And um, so, um, Kevin Metcalf, and I've been um, in the business, um, like Tim said, you're basically, as a generational grocer, you're almost born into the business, so fourth generation grocer, and, um, you know, we've got our fifth generation working for us as well. So, just... Um, Spent, uh, like Tim did, uh, at an early age running through all the departments and uh, um, eventually ended up working um, through college. And then I did take uh, uh, some time away from the grocery business to help run our uh, real estate side of our family business. And um, when Tim came back, uh, I came back as well. And uh, in 2000, we purchased the business from our uh, father and mother and uh, been loving it ever since. Uh, like Tim said, very much enjoy our customers and our employees, and it's just a, it's a pleasure to serve our community. Well, we certainly know that the grocery industry is an incredibly competitive business, um, not only just the, your competitor down the street, but in the industry as well. Tell us a little bit about how you work to separate Metcalfs uh, the store, the look, what you do with your customers from other grocers in the area. Where's your focus in terms of products in the store and your approach to customers? Yeah, I guess I'll start, Brandon. One of the things that we try to do at Metcalfs 
and and that is we've always been this way is just try to be a little bit different um, our our focus really it started off with kind of the atmosphere as you walk in um, you know I, you know I when we meet with our designers we tell them you know when customers walk into our store we want them to we want their jaw to open their you know and, and them to just you know the the word wow come out so that's that's kind of what we're trying to do first of all and we do that with atmosphere uh but then the other ways that we really go to business is we're we're really huge on local we probably have a little over 4000 local items um you know going from beer to chips to to meats to you know of course Wisconsin Wisconsin cheese throughout the store and then we we really market that uh, throughout our stores, we have signs throughout the store that say "Food Miles," so it it it, it says the product's name and then how many how many miles that product traveled to actually get to that store. And then we do each store individually. So uh, Madison has a certain food mile for, you know, let's say um, Forever Bagels, uh, which might be one mile away, but in Wabatosa, down in that store, uh, it might say 60 miles away because we measure it from each store. So we're really big into local uh, and, uh, and atmosphere and customer service. And I'd like to just, you know, add there, I think, you know, our commitment to say, uh, sustainability is, has been a big part of our values. So, you know, we recognize that, you know, that is something that um, our customers value as well. So. I think that separates us from um, a lot of retailers where we're 100% green powered. Uh, we have our sustainable fish program. We have uh, recycled produce that gets turned into compost that we sell back in the store. And uh, to Tim's point, uh, local uh, purveyors, you know, our commitment to the local um, purveyors in our communities and, you know, the carbon footprint that we all um, create and how do we minimize that as best as possible. So. Um, you know, very proud of um, our commitment to sustainability as well. We're talking today with Kevin and Tim Metcalf, fourth generation owners of Metcalf's Market in Madison, two locations in Hilldale and Westtown, and the store in Wauwatosa. Guys, we're 14 months past the start of the pandemic. So tell us a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned from 2020 that you are using now in 2021 in your stores and will some of those continue to be part of your process and set up in months to come well brandon that is a great question uh the grocery industry isn't it doesn't change very easily it's like trying to you know you know steer the titanic we just don't change that easily and what this pandemic has really done is really um, made us uh, embrace change. Uh, one of the things that was really interesting early on in the pandemic, and we all experienced it, and that is the, the, what we were learning um, might be different tomorrow from what we knew today. We were learning new things every day of how the disease traveled, what we needed to do at retail to keep our employees and our customers safe. So directives that we would put out there, we might have to change and go in a completely different direction the very next day. And what we learned very early on is 
Uh, and we, we started actually every meeting and every communication that we did with our employees uh, with this sentence, and that is for right now. Um, because for right now is what we know, um, but we don't, you know, it might be different tomorrow. So we, we really started to work on the culture within our stores of change. And, and we we're really successful of that. So, you know, that's one thing that we're going to continue to move forward with. And that is, you know, uh, working with our people that uh, letting them know that, you know, and, and this industry is still changing. And we have Amazon out there and, and you know, uh, people ordering online and, you know, and pick up. Um, and we're probably going to see even more change, you know, after the pandemic. So really, you know, I guess that would be one of the biggest items for me is embracing change. And I think, uh, you know, we've seen some uh, changes on our uh, consumer habits, too. So, you know, we're, we're seeing more increased um, uh, choices for using self-service. Um, so we're, uh, as we packaged items during the pandemic and um, created more options of a grab-and-go situation, you know, we did see a lot of uh, increased self-service. So that's one change that we're uh, working towards on some of our remodels or investing in cases where we're increasing the variety but um, adding it in a self-serve capacity. And then I think another big one that we've, um, you know, we saw during the pandemic as, as SKU, uh, SKUs were reducing is that um, a lot of our businesses in the top 25, you know, percent of, of some of our uh, product lines. So, for instance, our salads, for instance, we had you know, over 120 salads that we used to make and, you know, going through some of the numbers, realizing that some of our SKUs uh, weren't selling as well as the others. And so we took a, a proactive approach and really analyzed that to find that, you know, 70%, 80% of our businesses in the top 25 salads. And so I think SKU rationalization, you saw that in the producers, manufacturers, and we're seeing that as well on the retail side um, that we're uh, reducing our SKUs and increasing the sales in those SKUs that are most popular to our customers. So Kevin, there were all sorts of challenges facing the industry and continue to, to challenge the industry from inflation, product shortages, substitutions, as well as the big issue right now is workforce availability. And while it's not necessarily restricted to the grocery industry, it is one of the biggest problems that we hear from grocers all across the state. How are you handling some of these situations uh, to the best that you can in your three stores? Well, I think, you know, um, part of it was uh, educating our, um, our employees. And so, you know, we're working hard to, um, you know, offer that benefit of just um, increased training, uh, giving people the opportunity to advance within our organization. But, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, product source uh, shortages and inflation and substitutions, you know, um, part of that training is helping our um, employees understand, you know, the bottom line and what, you know, shrink control uh, means and, and what our margins need to be and things of that nature. So, we're, you know, we're working hard and in investing in training for our employees and making sure that's a, a, an added benefit for working at Metcalf's. Um, and that, you know, that at the end of the day helps with the bottom line and just keeps us all um, busy and working, you know, throughout the throughout the year. The other thing too is when we talk about substitutions and things, is that sourcing local has been a big part of us. 
Um, you know, as Tim mentioned, we have over 4,000 local items. So, uh, you know, supporting that local community where we found a lot of these shortages were uh, having issues on a national level. We were very fortunate on a local level to be able to supply those products uh, to our customers. And so that, that certainly helped us out um, during some of those challenges. Yeah, and like Kevin said, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, I think we're all kind of going through the same um, thing in terms of skew rationalization, not just at the retail level, but also at the wholesale level. You know, like you had mentioned, you know, workforce shortages, you know, we're seeing them at retail, but, you know, they're happening at, you know, distribution centers, they're happening at you know, manufacturing facilities that are happening in transportation. And I, I think we're going to see more and more skew rationalization throughout the system. Uh, and we're working real close with our wholesaler UNFI in terms of, you know, how do we best, um, you know, bring products to the market through UNFI um, as they're doing SKU rationalization and helping us do the same thing so that, you know, we have the products that the customers are looking for. We might not have them in all the sizes that we used to have, um, uh, but making sure that we have the right items um, in place at the store when the customer is looking for them. Tim, that uh, just flows right into the next thought, and that is beyond COVID, what do what do your associates hear in the stores from customers? Uh, are they sensing a shift um, that when customers come through the store, they're looking for something different? Uh, are they, you know, this latest advisory? Is that kind of got them wondering what's going to happen? You know, I'm curious what sort of changes you've seen with your customers um, as they've kind of headed out from the winter shopping into spring and summer season. Yeah, I would say right now, uh, today, we're kind of in a, in a transition stage. Um, I think uh, our local Dane County executive said it best this morning when he said uh, there, there was a beginning, or there is, or there was a beginning, a middle, and an end uh, for COVID. And I think we're approaching the end. And just like in the beginning, uh, I think there's a little anxiety in the air in terms of what does that mean? You know, we, we vaccinated, you know, 65% of the people in Dane County um, have at least one vaccination. Um, so how do we, you know, go from no mask to having mask then to who wears masks and who doesn't wear masks? So I would say right now, uh, there's a, a sense of anxiety in the air of change. I also think there's a, a sense of um, excitement that, you know, m maybe we might have this pandemic under control. Um, you know, so those are the, some of the things that we're hearing in, from our customers. Um, you know, the CDC just came out with their change in terms of um, mass mandates, you know, for people only that haven't been vaccinated. And you know, our, some of our customers are concerned um, over that. So we're uh, today making decisions on what our policy is going to be based on the CDC guidance and also the Dane County guidance that uh, is going to go into effect June 2nd. So I think you know we're also seeing that you know our, the safety measures that we put in place, um, our customers are still you know very appreciative of. Uh, the sanitation me measures that we're doing, the, the cleaning of the carts as they enter in, we're still getting 
a lot of um, accolades from our customers regarding uh, that they feel it's a safe place to shop. So as you know, masks are possibly being removed and uh, and we kind of move on from this uh, pandemic, you know, that's one thing that we're still going to see out there is, you know, how do we uh, maintain still a safe environment and, um, and like sanitation on carts, et cetera. And, and we're certainly seeing customers more often, which is uh, good to see. You know, the trips are increasing and basket size is dropping a little bit as they're making more and more trips out to the store and, um, you know, doing their gatherings and outings and, you know, meet meat sales are still very strong and perishable. So we know that they're uh, getting out and, and enjoying um, kind of the new, uh, the new uh, gathering uh, restrictions that are being lifted. Yeah, the one other thing uh, that we're, you know, we're just starting to wrestle with is, you know, what does uh, post-COVID look like in the grocery business? Um, you know, uh, we've had all the restaurants closed or been reduced capacity. Um, so we've, you know, obviously we've had much more volume than we've ever had in our history uh, this past year. Uh, and, you know, and that's come with costs too. Um, and so we're, we're starting to, you know, just get our arms around, you know, what, what does post pandemic look for us and getting ourselves prepared. So those are, those are things that are on our mind in terms of, you know, what, what happens after COVID and we're just starting to, to, you know, analyze and try to figure out, you know, what are the, some of the changes that we need to make to, you know, be that choice for the consumer uh, moving forward. So Tim and Kevin Metcalfs, uh, for as long as I can remember, has always been transformed into Bratfest every Memorial Day, a few Labor Days as well. But last year, and probably like this year, things are different, uh, not knowing uh, what's going to be able to happen in the future. Tell us uh, briefly what, uh, what you got in store for Bratfest this year, and then maybe one or two of the other uh, charitable events that the company's involved in, in, in the markets that you're in. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly something different to get used to at not having Broadfest here for you know two two years or back to back here. And um, but we are excited to announce that we're doing a build your own Broadfest. Uh, so what we're doing is participating with over 150 different restaurants and bars throughout uh, Dane County. Uh, they've uh, agreed to partner with us and sell the Johnsonville brats um, that we use at the Broadfest as well as. We are working with over 100 live um, bands and to have music at these different venues. And they'll be doing carry out and delivery as well. So we're ex very excited to just continue to uh, help the um, charities that have been you know, with us for so long and, and definitely in need of funding. So we're able to continue that with Broadfest and, and doing it as a build your own Broadfest throughout Dane County so people can still enjoy a broad and listen to some music and know that they're doing good. Yeah, it's been difficult not having Broadfest for the last uh, two years. Uh, and But like Kevin said, we're really excited to announce the Build Your Own Broadfest, and we're going to be raising money for charities uh, that participate. But um, what we're also doing, too, which is uh, you know, just, I think, so fantastic is, you know, Broadfest has always been on Willow Island, and it's, you know, 130,000 people show up, and we have we play music and eat brats, but 
this year, uh, what we're doing is we're, we're just changing it to it's going to be at the nearest restaurant or the nearest tavern or the nearest bowling alley or the nearest country club or golf um, uh, venue in the city of, or in Dane County. So instead of Broadfest being in one location, it's going to be in 150 different locations. Uh, so that's, that's, that's and, and we're supporting those local businesses, those restaurants that have, you know, uh, been so, um, you know, harmed during this pandemic. So it helps get traffic back into them. And then it also, the these band members that haven't been able to play, they get to play and get to be in front of people again and, and get a little income. And then we raise money for charity. So it's, it's just a win-win for everyone. Tim and Kevin, thanks for being with us today. Yes, thank you, Brandon. Uh, thank you for, uh, to your staff and then all the work that you do down at the Capitol. I know that you know you were uh, working close with uh, DadCap, uh, you know, as we were trying to figure out, you know, you know, WIC in terms of being able to use that with um, uh, partial pickup and 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 curbside pickup and stuff like that, and working with them in terms of uh, food safety and all that stuff. So I know it was a real uh, rough year in terms of information and how it changed, but we just can't thank you enough for everything that you do for us uh, uh, during COVID, but then also everything that you guys do at the state capitol um, and, uh, and advocating for our grocers and our employees and our suppliers and the grocery industry here in Wisconsin. We've been talking with Tim and Kevin Metcalf, fourth generation owners and longtime members of the WGA. Guys, many thanks for the discussion today. A great look back and an insight into what's been happening with COVID and a little look forward. Thank you for, uh, for your kind words uh, from the staff here at the WGA. It's been kind of a wild ride for a year and two months, but uh, it certainly has been nonetheless incredibly educational. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors today, Bernatello's, and to the WGA members for, for joining us today. We look forward to having you join us on the next WGA's Grocer Cast.